Hello and welcome to Automators, where we do our best to make our technology do all of the hard stuff for us. My name is Rosemary Oshid and I'm joined as always by David Sparks. Hey, David. Hey, Rosemary. Happy iOS 14 release. Oh, yes, yes. All of the bugs, because, you know, who doesn't love shipping a couple of those into production as well? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of crazy because they said, oh, and it's coming out tomorrow. And all our yeah. friends in the development and tech community just went, what? <laughs> you know? Well, also, all of the people who are supposed to write about this stuff produce yeah. videos on it. Everybody's just there like, okay, thanks. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Federico Vitici at Mac Stories just tweeted like, my review is not going to be ready by tomorrow, people. And, you know, that's a good thing because people should not kill themselves trying to get stuff out the door. I know some of the developers we've had on the show have been, you know, tweeting, you know, like their stuff is coming, but it's not ready yet. And some other developers, you know, have had, you know, the time and had enough time for testing that they were able to get features out the door already. Uh, but nobody's better than anybody else because of that So. Yeah, I uh, I did, however, uh, get my update out. So if you are a Shortcuts Field Guide customer, uh, just go in, log into your Shortcuts Field Guide, and there's, I think it's like 45 minutes or so of new videos in there with all the new stuff for Shortcuts with iOS 14. If you are not a Shortcuts Field Guide customer, it's currently $5 off, so check that out. And I'm doing a webinar on October 1st, which I think is just a couple days after the show airs. So uh, go... Yep go sign up for that. We'll put it in the show notes. It's going to be all about, we're going to, you know, we're just hitting all the hammers. So enough of me talking about stuff I'm doing today. We're here to talk about iOS 14 and shortcuts. Yeah. Uh, I thought we'd start kind of with the quality of life stuff and work our way down to the nerdy stuff as we get through the show. Mm -hmm. And to begin with, let's just take a little bit of a look at the interface changes. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of things. Like, they tweak the colors again, which is nice. They're a bit brighter. I find the contrast is a little bit better. So hopefully, you know, that is the same for, for everybody else. And they've they've done things like they've changed the default icon for shortcuts. So it's no longer the, the one with the sparks. It is an outline of the shortcuts icon, which I like. Um, you know, it, it's a very small thing, but it makes a difference for me. It looks a bit more polished. I do wish, though, they would settle on the colors. It's like, come on, man, just just, just make a choice. <laughs> yeah, it's like every time you're taking screenshots, it's like all new screenshots again. Yeah, yep. exactly. As someone who writes and publishes about this stuff, I really would like them to just choose choose a set of colors and be done with it. Um, the um, yeah. Also, I think that, you know, just navigation got easier, definitely on iPad, now that it has the sidebar. It's one of the early apps to adopt the sidebar. Yes. And uh, we're going to talk about folders in just a minute, but the sidebar doesn't just show you your folders. It also has some smart groups, um, the ability to automatically group the sharing button shortcuts, I think is really, that's mm -hmm. one of the most useful features to me throughout the beta. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you've always had the ability to turn shortcuts into sharing button shortcuts where you hit the sharing button and it allow you to do things. And we've talked about some of those on the show in the past. We'll probably have a couple of them today. Um, but figuring out which apps are in that sharing button, which aren't, was always difficult. And if you've got, you know, like Rose and me, um, my library is like 400. Yours is probably, what, seven, 800 at this point? How many shortcuts do you have? 954. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, you know, going through and checking manually to see which ones are sharing icon shortcuts is not really ideal. So... They made some no. smart groups and they, they did that for the watch too. And 
I feel like that was a, a big quality of life improvement for people who actually Definitely. want to use shortcuts. Oh, yeah. Especially, so if you go into any of these smart folders, so say, for example, the Apple Watch, and then you tap on the select, then you can use select all in the top left, and you can remove all of them from your Apple Watch if you have like 954 shortcuts attempting to sync to your Apple Watch uh, to start with, and you're there going like, why are these not syncing? Well, it's possibly because you have too many. So I literally just took all of mine off of my watch and have gone through and manually put a couple back on that I I wanted to sync over to my watch, uh, which is great. That was like a beta life problem when they first released it. They literally put all of your shortcuts on the watch. Yeah. And when I saw that, I realized this is crazy and I'm not going to go through and manually remove them all. So I just sat tight on it. And at some point through the beta process, they removed them all and they added a couple. Yeah. Did you yeah, play it all? Good. There's an interesting shortcut they added. It's like a music quiz game for your watch. Have you looked at that? Uh, no, no, I haven't. But there, there is, there are these uh, starter shortcuts, um, and I've not really tried them much. Um, but uh, it it looks fun. I have to say, I've just not actually run it. I was looking at the shortcut itself from a technical perspective instead of playing with it. <laughs> yeah, me too. And, and it looks, you know, kind of like anything we'd make here on automators. There's no, there's no like special fairy dust magic to it. They don't have private actions, you know, like they have private APIs on the development side. So um, it's fun, but I mean, I'm not going to use it. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't feel yeah. a burning desire to play a music quiz game on my watch, but maybe you do. And Apple has built it for you. But uh, so, but you know, the point of this sidebar is you look over there and you can get access not only to all your shortcuts, but you can also get access to the ones that are on the share sheet and the ones that are on the watch and it just really simplifies that process and uh, thumbs up from me. Now on yes. the iPhone, it's not as easy, but it does have like a slide view. So you can get back to that folder and, um, and a smart folder list. So you still have the same benefit. You just don't have the existing sidebar because there's not enough screen real estate. Yeah, exactly. Which makes sense. Um, and uh, I've only got a regular size iPhone, so I'm not sure if it does the landscape thing with the sidebar on uh, on the Max phones. Um, but I've just got a good old 11 Pro. I will give you an answer, a live answer. No, it Ooh, does not. Drama. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, I never use the big phone on the side the way <laughs> I don't think anybody does. <laughs> I, I very much doubt it. I I pretty much exclusively use my phone in portrait mode as in it's locked in portrait mode most of the time because there's nothing worse than you're like you're you've tilted it slightly to one side and it decides oh i'm tilted enough that i must rotate and so you're looking at something and then i think it's an ios uh bug where a lot of things like they'll 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 rotate and then you'll lose your place because it just moves things um up and down enough that it's confused about where it was now i forgot to add that on the uh the smart folder groups with the phone, it adds a fourth, a, a sleep mode group. So when you're using the sleep mode, if you have shortcuts attached to sleep mode, mm-hmm. you'll see them there as well. You don't see that on the iPad. No, um, but you'll only see that folder if you have sleep mode shortcuts attached. Because for a while I was trying to figure out why I didn't have this. And it was because I didn't have any shortcuts attached to it. Oh, really? Because I don't have any either. It just shows a count of zero oh. for me. So maybe they okay. changed that in the process. Well, for me, I, I never had any attached to it, and I was wondering why it wasn't showing up. And then I came up with the bright idea on, on, on iOS 14 launch day of trying to add a shortcut as a sleep shortcut, and now it works. So and the folder is there. So are you using sleep mode? So I've been trying sleep mode for the last sort of week or so um, with shortcuts. 
um, again. And it's pretty cool. But uh, my biggest problem is that I am not consistently going to bed at the same time uh, every night just because I'm still doing a lot of unpacking and, and everything here. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, I get sidetracked into doing a pile of ironing or something and putting things away. And then, you know, before I know it, it's 11 p.m. instead of the 10.30 p.m. that I intended on going to sleep at. And so if I have a shortcut, do things like turn off all the lights, then I'll be wandering around and suddenly everything will go dark, yeah. uh, which is not quite what I intended. Yeah, I, I really like the idea. I mean, just kind of the human engineering where it's the phone stops kind of working and the watch yeah. too at the designated time for you to go to sleep. And it requires, I mean, you can unlock it, but it requires extra steps. And I kind of like that, that the reminder. So I've been using sleep mode. I'm still struggling, you know, to keep my watch charged appropriately. Sometimes mm-hmm. I put it on or, you know, this is the one you put it on the charger and then you go in the other room and then three hours have passed and you've lost your standing rings for the day. You know, it's like, uh-huh. damn it. You, well, know, you can change the- those now with iOS 14. They, they fix that in watchOS. So you can actually change the number of stand hours you need to do a day. Yeah, but still, I think 12 isn't is a fair yeah. number, but the, uh, yeah, I'm fixing that by putting Apple watch chargers everywhere. Um, so this is yeah. one of the things that I'm doing because that way, um, because I noticed, uh, shortly after moving that I was charging my watch in the bedroom and I was sitting at my desk and I didn't want to get up to go and get my watch when I got the notification on my phone to say that the watch battery was full. Um, and so I just decided that the simple solution to this problem was to put a watch charger on my desk, which has, I am pleased to report solved the problem. Yeah. And, you know, Mr. Fancy Automator, all I have to do is set a timer. I've got my phone in my pocket still. But, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. Dummy lets the alarm go off and say, oh, well, I'm doing something right now. I'll, yeah, I'll go like, get it in a, a minute. minute. Yeah. Uh, like three hours later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're human just like the rest of us, David. Yeah. Maybe I need to, like, wire it so it electrocutes me or something five minutes later. Just, you know, take hmm. it to the next level. I mean, level. I'm sure if you asked uh, your kids, you know, they'd be willing to follow you around with a taser or something. Yeah. Or cattle prod. I mean, my kids are pretty smart. Um, <laughs> either way. Yeah. So you've got the sidebars and then the big win on the sidebars is the addition of folders. Mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't rocket science. You and I have been talking about the need for organizational tools for a long time. I never believed Apple was going to put a tagging system on the iPhone for for shortcuts because I just don't believe they're really sold on tagging. But the folders make a lot of sense. They show up in the sidebar. Now, there's a couple ways you can interact with them. You can just drag apps into the sidebars right from your, your view. Or you can go into individual folders and drag shortcuts out of that folder and put it into another one on the sidebar. Mm-hmm. which I yeah. find to be the easiest way to move them around. You can also assign them on the individual shortcuts. You know, they gave us all the expected ways to organize and I find, and and you can have a glyph for each folder. So they all don't have yeah. folder icons. They can have different glyphs attached to them. You cannot adjust the color, which would be kind of nice if you could, you know, kind of cause you've got two ways you got the object and you've got the color. So allow your brain to get to the right folder faster. Yeah. But, I, you know, I understand it's Apple. They want it to look pretty. They don't want a bunch of ugly colors spread out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like overall they did a good job giving us this organization tool. What's your uh, take on it? I mean, I think it's great. Um, I particularly love the way that the folders integrate with widgets, which I'm going to kind of skip ahead to here um, because they're, they're the new widgets on the home screen of iOS 14. They've gone viral, as has Widgetsmith and a whole bunch of other widget apps. Color Widget is another one I'm playing with. Um, and, um, 
I I find that the the widgets are great because you can say just give me the widgets and uh, just give me shortcuts to a specific folder and it'll give you the first one four or eight shortcuts in that folder depending on the size of the widget you pick. Yeah. Um, which is not as many as if you had put them say on the home screen of your device. Um, and because of the the widget limitations on iPadOS, I kind of prefer um, still the home screen view there. But if they're in a widget, then they don't need to open shortcuts to run, which is really nice. Um, and I, I, I just wish that something could be in multiple folders like, hey, say a tagging system so that I could specify that this this shortcut belongs in this folder um, on my iPhone, but in this folder on my iPad because I want different widgets on different devices, but I don't necessarily want different shortcuts um, on different devices, you know, like I'll, I'll want some of the same shortcuts everywhere. So yeah, I'm trying to figure that out at the moment. It's tricky, but I might be getting somewhere. I'm not sure. All right. We're, we've gone down the rabbit hole of widgets. Actually, let's just finish up on folders. I, I think, yeah. uh, there's nothing wrong with making a lot of folders. If you've got a big shortcuts library, uh, this really does solve the problem for me. Whereas before it took forever to find things, even though I had this very, you know, complicated color coding system and everything. Uh, this has just really solved the problem. And if I think about all the time I wasted trying to arrange shortcuts before iOS 14, I'm very happy that I no longer have to do that. Yeah, I'm very happy that I I, I decided early on that I had too many shortcuts to do this with. Uh, and therefore, I just left everything pretty much whatever color it was assigned to on iOS. And most of the time, whatever icon iOS assigned to so the magic wand, because uh, I, I saw other people changing things and then stuff would magically get changed back, uh, whether it was the ordering of shortcuts or the, you know, what they look like. And I decided that that was not for me if it was going to revert. So I'm very happy I I've skipped straight into the folder section there. How many folders, Rose? How many? I actually don't have many. So obviously I've got the starter shortcuts folder because I'm going to keep those around and see what else pops up. Um, I've got a folder for uh, server shortcuts as run by my Pushcut Automation server. Um, and uh, I've got a couple of different home screen folders, which I'm experimenting with at the moment. Um, and then I've got some folders for different areas of my life. So, for example, work, screencast online, suite setup, etc. They all have their own folders. I uh, I have way more folders than that. Um, I have I'm not surprised. I have contextual folders. I have app folders. Like I have one for OmniFocus, but I also have one for Sparks Law, and I've got them. Um, I've got. Um, I love the fact that I have a testing folder now because I mm-hmm. always have two or three that I'm testing, and I have one for ideas, and I, you know it's just been great. And I don't have any problem with having folders with two or three shortcuts in them because it just makes it so much easier to find them. I also have them for like media and camera or photos and things like that. So yeah, go crazy with the folders gang. They're free. You can have as many as you want. I have, thanks to you and your testing folder, just created a new folder called temp um, in which I will create shortcuts that I intend to dispose of so that then I can go in there and delete all the shortcuts at some point. Um, because you know, I, I, I frequently create shortcuts for a one-time use. Like the other day I had to get some data out of a Trello board and format it, um, in Markdown. Um, and so I did that with shortcuts, but then of course I forgot to delete the shortcut. And then a couple of hours later was like, what, what is this shortcut? Why do I have a shortcut seven? Um, and yeah. also where are shortcuts one through six? Um, and, uh, so I had to delete those. So I now have a temp folder. So thank you, David. You're welcome. All right. Widgets. Uh, you mentioned earlier, but I just want to put an exclamation point on it. 
shortcuts running out of widgets are first class citizens. And historically, the shortcuts running on your home screen have been second class citizens. Yeah. So what was it? iOS 12, where they would open Safari and then shortcuts, which was just, and you'd end up with a whole bunch of empty Safari tabs, which were not great. And then iOS 13, they they decided that they could skip Safari. And so if you had a shortcut on your home screen, and this holds true in iOS 14, then it just opens the shortcuts app and runs it there. But that means that you get to look at it running. Um, And uh, now with uh, iOS 14, with the widgets, if you tap on it in a widget, then it kind of runs as an overlay on your screen, um, which I I love uh, because I can still see whatever it is I was looking at. And frequently when I'm running a shortcut, it's because I've just seen something and I'm like, ah, and if I, if it stays in my field of view, then, then I'm good. And I can, you know, I can remember it. If it disappears from my field of view and shortcuts hides it from me, then I will absolutely forget what it was that I was going to do in that particular second. Yeah. I mean, with the widget run, it feels like it's part of the operating system instead of being an individual app, which I think is far superior. Yes. I think it's faster, but maybe it's just my head thinking it's faster because I don't see the app open. But have you done any tests? Do you know if it runs no, faster? I haven't. I haven't tested it. Yeah. Um, but but in my experience, it it runs really quickly. Um, so if if I can, I prefer to run things through the widgets. And I, I'm starting to get into the system that you have, where I have multiple menus, and uh, under those menus, you know, those menus run shortcuts based on what I'm doing. So. Yeah, and I explained this at length in the the update to the shortcuts field guide, but uh, the choose from menu is your friend here because with the widget, the each button in the widget takes the equivalent of two app slots. And and that's if you have the medium widget, that means you only get to run four shortcuts. If you have the large one, you only get to run eight, but it's taking the large one's taking the space of eight of sixteen app slots, but only has eight. Um, shortcuts you can run so using choose from menu the way i do is contextually i have like max sparky sparks law personal and then the fourth one i call directories and it's a bunch of additional choose from menus like all my photos related stuff is a choose from menu that's so it's like two layers you first you hit the directories then you hit the photos and then it gets you to a list of all those shortcuts Um, which sounds pedantic but it actually works really fast when it feels like it's integrated into the operating system and it's that's snappy and I'm able to get all my shortcuts into four buttons, but they are on my home screen 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. And there, there's just so much that you can do with this beyond that. You know, I, I have stuff. So um, I, I have things and I'm one of the ones I'm experimenting with, which is not working super great right now. So I'm not going to share it just yet is I'm trying to get it to show me a dynamic list of shortcuts based on the time of day and stuff that's going on. So it sort of checks my calendar. And if it sees something in the automator's calendar, it would show me automator's uh, stuff. Um, and if it sees something in the nested folder's calendar, show me nested folder stuff. Um, but it's it's kind of janky right now, and I'm not particularly proud of it. Uh, there, there's a lot of URL scheme and some weird widgety stuff in there um, that's kind of hacky. But I, I'm hoping that I can get this working at some point, and it will show me a dynamic list of shortcuts based on the time of day. So that then I can have a couple of other ones. Like one I'm using all the time is add stuff to my shopping list. So I can just type a list of things and it'll just break yeah. it up and stick it on. And that I would love to keep on my home screen just because one tap, add things, done. But, you know, I, I also need lots of other shortcuts. So. so that one you were just describing is I would assume you press the button and then the shortcut checks the time of day, maybe the day of week, maybe even yep. checks future appointments. 
Yep. And it's looking at timery as well to see if I've got a timer running. Um, yeah. To, you know, and what timer that is um, so that it can, you know, actually, you know, figure out, hey, like, I'll, oh, you're currently working. So therefore, you might actually want your work related shortcuts as well. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, way of doing things. And I'm quite I'm quite liking the idea. But as I said, it's a bit janky. Well, it'd be kind of fun, though, as an automator experiment, just to think how many pieces of logic could you add? Because yeah. the easiest way to do it just be time of day and day of week. And if you have a regular schedule, let's say that, you know, every week you have at your business, you have a staff meeting Wednesday morning. So you could say, if it's Wednesday morning, give me the shortcuts that I would use for the staff meeting. That would be the easiest p- way to do that. But when you're, you're trying to like take it a step further, because we don't have a set recording time for Mm-mm. automator. So it's going to be checking the calendar. I'm, I'm yes. looking forward to see what you do with that. I mean, I, I think if anybody could pull that off, it'd be you. Yes, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm also really excited to see what other developers come up with because I've noticed um, some apps, uh, I think it was Launcher just updated with widgets um, support for iOS 14. And, you know, one of the actions that you can do with one of, you know, one of the launchers in, in their launcher, um, <laughs> in their widget is uh, run a shortcut. Um, and so I'd be really interested in being able to build my logic maybe somewhere else and yeah. have that run a shortcut. Um, Ex- you know, except but, then you're going to be launching the shortcuts app and kind of lose that pretty benefit of the, the widget. This episode of Automators is brought to you by the IntraZone by Microsoft SharePoint. I love finding new podcasts to listen to. It's something about the combination of a great topic along with some great hosts and some great guests that really make it work. And yes, all three of them do need to be great. If you're looking for a new show to listen to, The IntraZone is a bi-weekly podcast with conversations and interviews on how Microsoft SharePoint, OneDrive, and related tech can work for you. You'll hear from guest experts behind the scenes and out in the field, so you can see how SharePoint fits into your everyday work life to easily share and manage content, knowledge, and applications. Each show covers a bunch of segments, like news and announcements, a focus topic of the week, guest perspective, FAQs of the week, and upcoming events. And just so you have an idea of what to expect, I want to tell you about some of the topics you might be interested in that were on previous episodes. They've discussed working from home, which I know is relevant to quite a few of you, and also figuring out an intelligent intranet in your organization. Oh, and they did an episode about talking about APIs and teamwork as well, which you should definitely give a try. I recently listened to their episode on tasks in Teams. We've been rolling out Microsoft Teams at work and trying to figure out how we can actually integrate tasks into this so that everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing and when is a challenge. But with a little bit of extra insight, we seem to be doing pretty well rolling it out. Go ahead and listen to it now. Just search for The IntraZone wherever you get your podcasts. That's I-N-T-R-A-Z-O-N-E. Or just click the link in the show notes. Go check it out. Our thanks to the IntraZone by Microsoft SharePoint for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right. So getting out of the folders and into the shortcuts themselves, there's still a few more quality of life improvements. One is the ability to copy and duplicate shortcut actions. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Finally. Yeah. Because this finally means that all of those Airtable shortcuts, I no longer have to make sure that I am putting all of the right info in every time I can just copy it and copy a get contents of URL with the Airtable info and then paste 
um, or duplicate it or do whatever. Because uh, if you tap on the, you need to tap on the tiny little app icon representation of the action in the top left. And yeah, then the there's a duplicate, it. there's copy. And if you copied something, then there's also paste above and paste below, um, which is perfect. I love it. It works. It's solid. It does everything I need. And I just want to say thank you to the Shortcuts team because it genuinely makes my life so much easier. And if you've got a mouse or trackpad connected, a right click will do the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great. And that combines with the other new feature is the ability to run shortcuts and split screen, which is really beneficial on iPad where you can, I find it when I'm using two different shortcuts, like I've got one I built and then I want to build another one kind of like it, but I need the reference. So I will put, you know, on the right side, I'll put the old one on the left side, I'll put the new one and you can copy and paste actions between them. So it's pretty nice. It, it feels oh, yeah. like a, you know, it just feels like an adult app when you start yes. getting features like that. Yes, it really does. It's it's a very grown app app. And uh, yeah, it, it works great because, I mean, that's that's what I do with a lot of my, my Airtable things. I'm looking at two different shortcuts. And before I was having to go back and, you know, open one shortcut and then close it and go to the other and paste and open one. And it was very slow going. I take screenshots, but I'd still miss info, stuff like that. Now I can just open up two shortcuts at the same time on my iPad, which is great. And I have to say, David, 12.9 inch iPad, probably in my future. Yeah. Well, I also think that even like when you knew what you wanted to do, like it was a URL callback or some of the more complicated actions, it's just so easy to make a little typo, you know? And yeah. and when you can just copy an existing one, it just takes that out of the equation. I, uh, I'm, I'm very happy with that. If I could ask for a little bit more as a regular Keyboard Maestro user, I'm used to with Keyboard Maestro's ability to block and copy multiple actions at once. So I like copy entire subroutines in Keyboard Maestro. You know, you just select a bunch of actions, hit Command C. Mm -hmm. um, and with this, you can only do one at a time. I actually would, there must be a way, if they if they have the, you know, software to copy an action, there's no reason why they couldn't have the uh, software to copy multiple actions. They're probably just struggling on what's the UI for that. How do you pick the multiple actions? But mm -hmm. I would totally be okay with it only being available if you're using a mouse or a trackpad. Yeah, I was just thinking like hold down the shift key and arrow down. And if you yeah. don't have a trackpad attached. Or a keyboard attached, or something like yeah. that. Like, you know, if, if, if it's a pro user feature, the vast majority of us pro users are going to be using either, you know, a pointing device, as Apple still calls them, or a keyboard attached to our iPads, and especially with the Magic Keyboard and that new iPad Air that supports the Magic Keyboard, um, I believe. Um, then you know, I th I think we're we're you know in for a, a lot more fun on that front in the future. But and I think it's a pro feature, just the act of copying and pasting a shortcut action. Like people who are going to want to do that are already deep in. So you exactly. can give us a difficult interface we will figure it out because we're we're by by definition people that are copying and pasting shortcut actions can handle it you know yeah exactly self-selecting group um <laughs> the uh now we talked in right after dub dub we talked about the uh the new triggers and i i kind of came to this term as i was working on the field guide but automatic automation it's like you know <laughs> this is something that i just want to acknowledge you know uh, last year, I guess Apple, for whatever reason, didn't trust us enough on some of these shortcuts. So you could have automatic shortcuts, but they wouldn't trigger unless you tapped a confirmation dialogue. And no. 
this year they've removed that from nearly all of them. And the yeah. trick is when you create the the shortcut, it shows it's all done under the automation tab. So you go to that center automation tab, make a personal automation. And after you create the the trigger and the shortcut, there's a, a checkbox at the bottom that says ask before running. And by default, it's turned on. They just really don't want you to be surprised by shortcuts going off. But um, my advice is every time you see that button, uncheck it. Yeah, definitely. You know, if you want your shortcut to run automatically, I wish it ran automatically with the 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 new triggers for a message and email because I have been uh, experimenting with the the message one uh, less with the email one because uh, I've uh, I've temporarily switched to Spark because it supports the the new iOS fourteen default mail client things and I have not found that this runs when it receives a message in Spark. So I'm hoping we're going to see something a little bit more integration with that. But uh, the message one, as far as I'm aware, if I, if I type in David Sparks um, and say, when David sends me a message, I cannot turn off the, the Ask When Run, which is a real shame because I would love it to come and in, go into my OmniFocus and get a list of things that I wanted to talk to you about and just pop it up as a little, you know, show result for me and say, hey, you wanted to talk to David about these things. Because I know you can do that in reminders where you can assign a specific, you know, like reminder to remind me when messaging this person, but it's not the same. I want, I want, I want all my stuff in one place. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And there, there's three that it has this location, incoming message and incoming email. And the result is it cripples those three triggers. I mean, because yeah. you, you just can't use them. Like the email one would work for me too, because I'm often working on like transactions with other lawyers on behalf of clients. And, you know, that business runs on email, doesn't run in messages. And so it'd be great if an incoming email came in from someone I'm negotiating a contract from and it, you know, set the timer for that project. And, you know, I, I can think of a list right now of things I would like to do, you know, open up drafts note where I can take notes from the conversation and, you know, all this stuff, but it just won't happen without that confirmation. And it almost feels like, then what's the point? I kind of find it amazing, really, that they didn't have a phone trigger. So when my phone rings and it's a specific person, then automatically, you know, or like have the ability to run a shortcut because that could be, you know, quite useful as well. Same way you're using it for email. I could imagine it, you know, if the opposition calls then you'd also like to, you know, be able to start your timer then for that. But, you know, they didn't. I think Apple's logic is we don't want someone else to trigger a shortcut on your device by contacting you. But they don't even have an option to to have an ask and run trigger. That's the yeah. thing. You know, yeah. what is the iPhone? I thought it was supposed to be a phone as well. I mean, I yeah. admittedly rarely use it as such, but... <laughs> yeah, but I was just talking kind of generically. They don't want yeah, someone to send yeah. you a text message and fire off a shortcut. I guess yeah. there's some scenario where there's a shortcut on your device that does things they don't want it to do. And then someone sends you the message. I could see people setting it up as a prank, but at the same time, you could use um, open app as a prank as well. So, you know, yeah, I just, I, you know, I just trust us, you know, it's our phone. Yeah. I, yeah. Mean. I have a passcode on it. So other people can't get in there and set pranks on my devices. And, and location is another one. And we can get around it with, this is kind of going negative because you know, they've given us all the candy we want, but there's three pieces of chocolate that we're not allowed to take out of the box. And it is frustrating. But, but you know, location is another one where I can think of a lot of cool automation I'd like to do if the automate the location automation would work without me having to pull my phone in my pocket and say, okay, yes, do that. Yeah. Um, 
But let, let's talk about the new triggers and the existing triggers and what you can do with them with this automatic automation. The one I find myself using by far the most is just the time trigger, you know, just the time of day. Mm-hmm. Have you done any uh, automation with the new iOS 14 and time triggers? So I have not because I already have pushcut automation servers set up on sure. an iPhone 6S uh, to do yeah. all this stuff. And I like the fact that it happens on a specific iPhone um, rather than my primary iPhone, which especially because it's running a beta, it has had um, less than fabulous battery life um, this year, um, which is a shame. So I've been using the iPhone battery pack a lot of the time. But no, I, I mean, I've experimented with it to make sure it works and to, you know, to try things out. And I have recently been experimenting with using it as an alarm in the mornings um, so that um, uh, instead of having an alarm on my phone, I have it automatically run a shortcut at a specific time, which I can change on a daily basis if I need to. Um, And that will turn on some lights in my bedroom and play some music to an AirPlay speaker that I have in there. Nice. Yeah, I I think the time-based triggers are very useful for someone like me because my days are fairly regimented. Like in the morning, I do some Max Sparky production podcasts, whatever. In the afternoon, I put my lawyer hat on and I can do a whole bunch of different like mode switches on my phone and even my watch based on time of day. And those time triggers are also on day of week. So like if you've got like Sunday, you want to take the day off, you may have your phone set up differently. And I think the even as basic as it is, just time of day without a confirmation dialogue opens up a lot of opportunities for automation. Yes, exactly. It, it really does. It's amazing, you know, just what this can really do for us. So another thing that they added for us, David, was the close app trigger, because I was using open app for a lot of things and starting timers right, left and center. But I realized that I definitely had a problem in that I then had a lot of timers running um, and they they wouldn't get stopped at the right time because there was no way to tell when I closed an app to stop the timer. Well, iOS yeah. 14 has fixed that for us. And you can have um, something uh, run with an app opens, closes or both. Um, which is nice. Unfortunately, there is still no way to find out which app was opened um, and if it was opened or closed. So I've had to set up lots of individual automations for this app was opened, this app was closed. Um, and then what I'm doing is I've just got a text in there, uh, a text field, and then I have a run shortcut and I pass the text through to the run shortcut um, so that I can you know, base have all the logic built into one shortcut for time tracking. Um, and I can tell it which, which shortcut is being, which app is being opened or which app is being closed. So I've been doing those individually. So explain that to me one more time. I'm doing it individually as well. So for example, I'll create one automation, which says when, um, drafts is opened, um, for example, and then inside of that automation, I add a text action, which I just type drafts open into, and then I, I, I add another action run shortcut which runs my 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 general time tracking automated time tracking shortcut and then that automated time tracking shortcut splits um it gets the last word open or closed um and goes okay so this was opened so i need to run like go through this branch of logic okay and the app was drafts so actually in this case i'm going to show a menu and ask what you're doing and you know log it that way um but other apps like the kindle app for example on my ipad mini it just starts a reading timer for me without asking me anything yeah. 
But I, I don't understand what the text field, what the text, what purpose is. So, so I pass the text through to the shortcut, so the shortcut knows which app was opened. Instead oh, okay, of me gotcha. building one one shortcut for drafts was opened and another shortcut for drafts was closed, I have yeah. one automated time tracking shortcut, and I tell it, it I tell it something was opened or something was closed, um, and uh, and then which app it was, and it figures it out based on that. Gotcha. So that so you don't have an explosion of closing and opening shortcuts you're you're able to combine it exactly yeah i wanted to consolidate it as much as i could into into one shortcut because also yeah. you know so, some apps run you know the same thing basically so i didn't want to have to uh figure out everything um and re replicate it multiple times uh, even with the copy action that seemed a little bit silly yeah the um the 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 opening shortcut i mean seemed built for timery it's like the timery guy must be so happy right yeah yeah and this year they kind of closed the loop giving you the ability to to trigger when you close what other uses do you have for the open app and close app shortcuts other than time tracking i also use it to uh toggle dark mode um and screen brightness so when i open google maps um i always set the screen brightness to 100 percent because i pretty much exclusively use google maps when i'm driving and so that works great and then when i close google maps then i set the screen brightness back to you know my usual i think it's around about 30 percent um which works perfectly um and when i open the kindle app i always toggle into dark mode and when I close the Kindle app, I check whether or not it's after sunset. And if it is, then I leave it in dark mode. If it's not, then I set it back to light mode. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. I also have sometimes where it'll set um, kind of atmosphere for me. Like there are certain things I do in like day one. And if it's at night and it's day one, I can have it, you know, put some music on. And it, so you can like go further steps down the road. But the beginning point for it is that an application is opening. Yeah. Um, and uh, and this is one that you've got the ability to turn off the, you know, confirm mm -hmm. dialog box. So like yeah. all this stuff just becomes so much more useful this year. Yes. I really wish we could change the, the confirm dialog because I have been experimenting with this a lot. And the number of notifications I get from shortcuts is... You know, your automation is running, your automation is running, your automation is yeah. running. And then and then it says, oh, yeah. And, and then I and then I actually have it most of the time show results. So I know what it did. And then it says, you know, oh, yeah. So you took it off charge or and, you know, and therefore your shortcut's been completed where it's, you know, double check to make sure that whether or not uh, low power mode should be on, because that's something I'm using. Actually, when I disconnect from power, if I'm charging my phone. And then I unplug it. If the battery is less than 50%, I enable low power mode um, because I figure I was probably charging it for a reason. Uh, and therefore, if I'm taking it off charge, then I'm going to, you know, want to keep it that way. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Cut your unlimited wireless bill to 30 bucks a month. Just go to mintmobile.com slash automators. Breaking up with your old wireless provider just got a whole lot easier thanks to Mint Mobile. They were the first company to sell premium wireless services online only. And now that Mint Mobile is introducing their unlimited data plan for just 30 bucks a month. Yeah, that's right. An unlimited plan for 30 bucks a month. How much is your soon to be ex wireless provider charging you? I bet it's more. I'm paying hundreds of dollars a month for mobile. 
Setting up with Mint Mobile was ridiculously easy. They send you the card, you just pop the SIM into your phone, and you're ready to roll with unlimited data for 30 bucks a month. For me, it's a ton of savings. For people that hate their phone bills and are ready for something new, Mint Mobile offers their premium unlimited plan for just 30 bucks a month. They do this by going online only, eliminating the traditional costs of retail stores, and then passing those savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their 7-day money-back guarantee. So break up with Big Wireless and switch to Mint Mobile's premium unlimited data plan for 30 bucks a month. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 30 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/automators. That's mintmobile.com/automators. Cut your unlimited wireless bill to 30 bucks a month at mintmobile.com/automators. Thanks again to Mint Mobile for their support of the Automators and all of Relay FM. I'd like to follow up right before the break. We were talking about uh, power mode, and that's another new set of triggers. And this kind of really opens up the floodgates. You've got triggers now when you plug into power, when you unplug from power, it can actively monitor your power level. So when you go below a, a certain set or when you go above a certain power rating, I find this pretty useful. Um, and this yeah. is another one that's automatic automation, so you don't have to be involved. Um, I don't do the thing you do where it's under 50%, you put it in sleep mode. I actually though do have a thing where it drops below 50%. It lowers the brightness and it, I've got just a couple power saving things that kick in as I head toward lower power mode without going as extreme as low power mode. Yes. Um, I've also found, I've been toggling this one on and off or rather just getting rid of the shortcut and then reactivating it. Like some days I need low power mode from like 40% rather than 20%. Um, and so I've been just checking to see whether or not the the phone is below 40% and then it does that. And what I do actually when I toggle it off, I just change it back to 20% because then, you know, iOS is going to put it in low power mode anyway. Um, so I, I find that's quite handy. But I, I find that connecting to a charger and disconnecting from a charger is also great because... If I pick up my phone at night, um, then um, most of the time it's for a reason. So I have the lamp next to my bed just turn on to 1%. Um, but that's still, you know, it's plenty bright enough when you've, when you've just woken up if you need to check your phone. But I've had a couple of calls recently which have gone through, you know, my do not disturb, everything's set up. Nothing bad ha- has happened. Um, but, you know, somebody's called me and, you know, it's been nice to not be lying there in the dark, you know, because having the light on makes you think that things will be all right and it turns out everything was all right and uh, people were just butt dialing me at three o'clock in the morning uh so you know i need to potentially take them off my favorites list yeah <laughs> the uh I, but it's, that that is a feature now that I, I would recommend checking out and everybody can kind of make their own decisions if if power is a problem for them but if you find yourself running out of battery into the evening and you know like you hit low power mode at five o'clock p.m so rather than get that you could create a shortcut at 50% charge, you do dim it a little bit, you know, maybe there's, maybe you don't use Bluetooth radio, you can turn it off. Just, you know, just, you have to make your own decisions, but yeah, you can do these power saving steps where maybe then you don't get to low power mode until bedtime. And then you're, you know, you're getting more out of your phone. 
I would like them to add a trigger for uh, attaching power to the Apple Watch or disconnecting the Apple Watch. That would solve the problem I was talking about earlier. I could have it auto-create a timer for me or maybe mm. even send me reminders you're still plugged in. Yeah. But, you know, hey, one step at a time. That's the problem with shortcuts for me is every time they give me something, I think of something else I want. I feel kind of bad for them. There's yeah. no win yeah, there. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame. But, you know, we, we do it because we love the app, right? So. Yeah. Now, watch faces. You can set watch faces now. And I think that is amazing. And I started out doing them by time. You know, I talked earlier about, you know, contextual computing. And like in the morning, I have a simple analog face because I'm working on usually making videos or writing. I don't want a lot of data on my wrist. And then at noon, it switches to the infograph um, modular which because mm -hmm. my legal practice, I have lots of phone calls planned, like a lot of time blocked. So I always want to know what I'm doing and what I'm heading into. And I get all that data on the digital watch. And then I've been doing a thing now where at six o'clock, I switch to the breathe app or the breathe face, which is a very simple face. I'm not settled that that's going to be one for the evening, but it's a great reminder. If I find myself at seven o'clock, I'm still working. I look at my watch. And it's like, oh, hey, dummy, you're supposed to be taking a little break. And, mm -hmm. um, and that just happens automatically. There's no confirmation. I turned off that. So I get automatic automation and that's been great. Now I, uh, this is something anybody can do. It's like a two-step shortcut. It's like, what time is it set watch face? There's nothing to it. Um, but I've been playing further and I, I have something too. It's not quite ready to share yet, but, um, I have all these podcast partners that are all over the world and I'm working on figuring out a way to say, okay, if I have a podcast for automators that day, put up the, um, the T what they call that watch face, the, the time zone face. I think it's T's TZM. I forget what they call yeah. it, but, but, and just give me the London time so I can know exactly what time it is for Rose that day as we're preparing. In fact, I've got it running right now, right now. It looks to me like it's a little past six for you. Am I right? Yeah, Almost seven. Just about quarter to seven. Yeah. Yep. And as Rose knows, but the listeners don't, I seem to never know what time it is for Rose. But anyway. Yeah. David always messages me at like 9 p.m. And it's like, oh, wait, shouldn't you be in bed? And it's like, OK, I'm, I'm not 80, David. Apparently, you know, I want you fine. to sleep a lot. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I, I would not object to sleeping more. Let's be honest. Uh, but 9 p.m. is a bit early for me. <laughs> so um, so I, I'm but I think this is totally doable. I've The experiments have worked so far, but I've got three different podcast partners and, you know, different things going on. But like. And like, I've got a couple of clients that are in Asia and if I have appointments set with them, why not just give me a time zone for their time zone, like a half hour before. So I, I think this will be fun and changing watch faces can be more than just a time-based automation. And uh, I'm just starting to kind of go down this rabbit hole, but uh, as an automator, it gets me excited. Definitely. Yeah, I've been so I've been tying this mostly to timers. Um, so so I use timery, um, as previously mentioned, to start and stop a lot of timers um, for my time tracking. Um, and I have been making sure that it automatically uh, changes my watch face to an appropriate watch face, you know, so that I've got good information when I'm at work versus, you know, other things. Um, and that is working really well for me. What I am also loving, I even though there's a sleep mode on Apple Watch, I have been disabling the always on screen 
um, and enabling theater mode at around about 9 p.m. every night um, on my Apple Watch. And I'm turning it off at 8 a.m. Um, and that, for me, is great. Um, sometimes, you know, I, I sleep badly and the, the little dim screen every so often wakes me up or I wake up and I've managed to change my watch face to something else. So being able to automatically set the, the sleep watch face, I have a specific sleep watch face, which I use behind the sleep function of the Apple Watch, um, which is red. Uh, it's, the, it's the really big numbers and that's it. That is great because then, you know, it's kind of a, a reminder for me, a subtle reminder that I should be getting ready to wind up things up and go to bed before the phone taps me on the shoulder and goes, hey, you know, it's time to get ready for bed. All right, I want I want to go back to the idea of using toggle timers to set watch faces. I think that's that's genius. Well, whenever I start a timer, so I use shortcuts to start the timers. So yeah. I have just added a little thing to it that says and set my watch face to this. Yeah. Which works great. Works brilliantly for me. Yeah. So like there's no way to detect you changing the timer manually like going into the timery app. It would have to be a shortcut based yeah. setting but then to add a change the watch face is simple i mean there would be a way what you could do is you could have it you could have shortcuts do the open app automation and whenever you open timery then it could wait for say 30 seconds to give you enough time to start it get your currently running timer and execute logic based on that yeah but it would have to be still open well, no, the the app, the timer doesn't have to still be open. It just has to have a running timer. Yeah. But how would you query what the running timer is with a shortcut? Uh, I believe timer has an action for that. I'm sure I've used it for other uh, things. You know, I think it does. and I've just never used it. Yeah, I'll look into that. But the uh, now tell me, like, what, how many faces do you have? I mean, do you have like an automator's face? I do. And it's red, um, you know, because red's in our automator's logo. Um, it is, uh, I believe it's the, uh, the infograph face. Yeah. Well, it's on your the, wrist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know, but uh, there's a couple of different round faces and I'm just trying to figure out which one it is because there's the chronograph, there's count up, there's GMT. I may actually change it to GMT cause I've just been looking and, uh, they have, uh, well, GMT is because that's my time zone, right? Uh, yeah. Oh no, that is the new one. But they have they have a blue and red one, which is automator's color. So I'm about to change my my automator's uh, watch face. I really wish you could rename these because uh, you can't right now. Yeah, the problem is when you go to it, pick the watch face, it just gives you the watch face name. But if you have multiple instances of it, it yeah. just they're all the same name. You've got to know what order they're in on your watch, or you're going to get the wrong one. Exactly. I like that, Rose. I think I might go to an unhealthy place with that idea. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Well, I'm expecting feedback next episode, please. All right. Yeah. Interesting. What What's the most um, unique face you have to match like a work task? Um, I mean, I don't know if it's unique, but I'm using the California face uh, with the rainbow and the California numbers on it. So it's nice Roman numerals. Um Roman numerals from 10 onwards, but the others are uh, digits. Um, and I I set it to that around about 7 p.m. unless um, something else is setting my, you know, setting my watch face for me. Uh, so I actually do have a timer-based one, which checks if Timery has an active timer running. Yeah. And if it, like, so say, for example, I'm recording automators right now. Is there, ah, she's recording automators. Well, I'll wait. Um, and then it, it does the same thing. I, I believe that one runs at 7, 8, and 9 p.m. 
Uh, no, just 7 and 8 p.m. right now because I have the other one running at 9 p.m. That's what's running at 9. Yeah, if you could do a check, another way to this is like, you know, run it from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. hourly and just check timery. I really wish Shortcuts had the ability to say, I want to run this thing every hour between these hours. Because as it is right now, I have a whole series of automations, which are just like 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 p.m. And most of them have got nothing in, but it just means that if I want to run a bunch of things at the same time on my phone, I could, you know, do that through here. Um, But instead, uh, I have, you know, 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m. Yeah, and like you would have One like the, the 7 a.m. shortcut would say, what is timer? showing as the current timer? And if just, a, I guess I would do it on the if then yeah. statement. And then you would just run through all the typical watch faces and it would automatically set itself. Yeah. We are such nerds. Also, shortcuts team, if you if you want to add the, a switch, uh, switch case to shortcuts and add the ability to run every hour or every X interval, then it would be perfect because then I could say at 07, do this. At 08, do that. And that is the perfect use case for a switch case instead of lots and lots of if statements. Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. And uh, there's just no way to do that so, uh, currently because the way these automatic triggers work, there's no way to yeah. do that except make a separate one for every hour. <laughs> you know, that gets crazy. Yeah, which is one of the reasons why Pushcut Automation Server is still saving the day for me because I have it run some stuff like on an hourly interval, some stuff's running on a 15-minute interval. Um, and I'm just running it all on Pushcut Automation Server because I can control it from my phone, but then my phone's not doing whatever every so often. So, so I, the more I think about it, the more I think the way I would probably implement this would be to actually just, make shortcuts to launch timers and put the watch yeah. change in. It's, yeah. That's just the easiest way. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a homework assignment. Thank you for that, Rose. Yes, you do. Uh, in addition to being able to change watch faces, we also have the ability to trigger shortcuts from the watch. Yay! And this was something we had with the old workflow app. And I, I always kind of missed that it went away. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can assign shortcuts to your watch and, just open up the shortcuts app on your watch and trigger them. Uh, yeah. The question becomes, what do you really want to trigger from your watch? I mean, Apple Watch Automations for me was the first one where yeah. I can have it, you know, like change the face to this and mute. Uh, my watch spends most of its time in mute, but every so often I'll unmute it. Um, yeah. And so being able to, you know, make sure it's muted uh, is great. Um, and uh, so I started with experimenting with that. And um, a lot of the 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 uh, change face automations I've actually just got as individual shortcuts, which sounds kind of crazy, but it then means that I know that this one is the automator's face and this one is the nested folder's face and so on. And because that's integrated into multiple ones, if I want to change my watch, like which watch face is the automator's face, I can now do that really easily. So I'm really glad in hindsight that I set that up. So that's that's great. It sounds crazy when you can just swipe between the faces, but if you have a lot of faces... Especially yeah. if you've got different faces for different types of, of contexts, yeah. um, this actually might be faster. For me, it's more a case of, yes, this is definitely the face I want. Um, and it'll also do things like toggle the lights in my office and stuff like that if necessary, because it can pull in the the daylight um, or the light levels from my hue sensor. Uh, I've done some home automation stuff with it. I feel because like, there is a home kit app on the watch, but it's work, you know, you hit the home kit and you've got to press a button and kind of get through to it. And I know they, they made that better in iOS 14 too. 
for the watch, but I do like the idea of, of having complete control of that myself and making HomeKit based shortcuts is a, I think a, a good use for the watch app, but I'm struggling um, to really find a lot of use cases for shortcuts off the watch. I mean, so much of the stuff I do with shortcuts needs a screen for me to interact with it, but you know, I'm playing with it. If I'm going to move timers into shortcuts, I may experiment with that on the watch. Have you done any of that? I've done a little bit of it. It seems to work really well. Um, but um, I, I I don't know if it's working just because my phone is right next to my watch and it's it's doing things through that. I've had some some interesting experiences with stuff going, hey, that's not possible on the Apple Watch. At the moment, the run shortcut action does appear to be broken on Apple Watch, um, which is a shame. But yeah. fortunately, I wasn't really using that uh, on my watch, which is good. Yeah, but I do use that one in a lot of shortcuts. So it, yeah. there, there's a bunch of things that just won't work on the watch. But it, it's there now, and I feel like they've planted their flag, and it's going to get better. Yeah, I have to say um, I, I am still using Pushcut on my Apple Watch quite a bit because um, I can, um, or rather I'm using it through shortcuts on my Apple Watch because then I can say, hey, go and do this thing and it's something that needs a phone but it doesn't necessarily like need me at the phone to do it yeah. so for example i can say like hey can you go and double check that all of the drafts are created for the screencast online show that i'm making um and it will just go and do that and dump it into drafts and then you know because icloud sync it works um and it's it's on you know whatever device i then pick up you know when i when i get to it in a few minutes yeah what are some other examples of, of uses for push cut that you're using these days uh well uh, for example, whenever automated show notes are created, um, uh, I have it. Uh, so that's done via a combination of Integrum and Zapier because I started changing things on Zapier and then realized that I needed to trigger it in a different way. And so I decided just to use Integrum to do that, yeah. um, which is, you know, it sounds more complex than it is. And it's definitely more Rube Goldberg machine than is necessary for the vast majority of people. Um, but whenever the show notes are actually created, then it pings my push cut for me um, on all of my devices and goes, hey, the, the show notes for this show were created. Here's a link. Yeah. So that I can just tap on it and it opens straight to Google Docs and I'm in and I can I can go do it. Because, you know, if I'm creating stuff, I want to be able to just jump right into it and, and do it. A somewhat related note, um, IFTTT has a pro version now where mm -hmm. you can actually do multiple steps and do all the things we've complained about that it couldn't do for so long. We are planning a future show roundup. Rose, Rose and I are both playing with it. Um, yeah. That's coming. And if you have not signed up for it yet, I believe before at some point in October, it's going to change. But right now you can choose your own price. So if you're interested in that, go sign up for it now. Yeah, and they're locking that price in uh, for a very long time right now. To start with, it was just for the first year, but now I believe they're saying un until or indefinitely um, that they're locking it into that price. So if if you think that you're going to want it in a couple of months, it might be worth signing up uh, on uh, one of the cheaper. I believe they recommend three ninety nine, six ninety nine, and nine ninety nine as the prices, but you can set your own price from one ninety nine a month. We are sponsored this week by SideQuest. SideQuest is a new task tracking app for Slack that combines the reliability of traditional ticketing systems and the ease of use of modern to-do apps 100% inside your Slack workspace. It allows your team members to create tasks in personal task inboxes or in channels so you can work on them as a team. As soon as a task has been created, SideQuest turns it into a single point of truth so you always have a shared understanding of the task at hand, its history and its status. 
SideQuest is great for transparently managing these little tasks that simply don't seem to fit anywhere else. But it also shines when it comes to powering entire Slack-based help desks, both for larger teams or even external clients. SideQuest was released just a month ago, but is already loved by hundreds of teams around the world and is currently being featured as one of the top three apps in the Slack app directory. If you want to use SideQuest, there's no need to install new software or set up accounts, as SideQuest lives 100% inside Slack. And as SideQuest is made in Germany, your data and your users are fully protected by GDPR, one of the world's strictest privacy laws. Add the missing task tracker to Slack today and test SideQuest for 30 days free of charge by visiting getsidequest.app slash automators. And if you apply the promo code automators before the end of September, SideQuest pledges to donate 50% of your 2020 subscription fees to St. Jude. Our thanks to SideQuest for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, Rose, there's also some stuff going on under the hood with the new shortcuts. Um, and as I understand it, it's going to be much easier for developers to make more complex actions. Have you seen that? I, I haven't really seen that implemented much yet. I haven't, but what I am seeing implemented are these automation suggestions, which I think are a sign of amazing things to come. Now, right now, all of my automation suggestions, so you can find these in shortcuts at the bottom. You've got my shortcuts automation tab, and then you've got the gallery. If you look in the gallery, then as well as shortcuts from your apps, which was there in iOS 13, above that, there's automation suggestions. All of mine right now seem to be time related. But I'm really hoping that we're going to see a lot more of these, um, you know, come out of the woodwork soon, um, because I think that that is, a you know, especially if they link that to like, hey, you've arrived at this location. I see that you usually open this app at this location. Um, I, I distinctly remember, I think it was on Twitter, somebody was saying that um, whenever they were at a specific Starbucks, they always checked a specific draft in drafts um, for, for the code to use the bathroom. And uh, they noticed it was starting to show up whenever they they hit that particular Starbucks because they needed the code. Um, and I thought that that was brilliant. And I love that, you know, app developers have that. I would love to see shortcuts that can run based on that um, and shortcuts picking up on that because that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And I, I believe that's all done on device. There's no cloud sharing. So respect yeah. your privacy. And uh, that would, I because it's done on device, I would think that, so long as the developers have the framework that their apps could be just as smart. Well, it is if Drafts is doing it because Drafts is a third-party app. Exactly. Um, and I know the Agile Tortoise is extremely automation-friendly. Um, you know, that that's why we love Drafts so much. Um, but, you know, there there are other app developers doing this stuff as well. Um, so it would be great to see all of that come into effect. Yeah. So um, we got a lot of, of presence this year for shortcuts what's left on your list i want shortcut history not necessarily versioning though versioning would be very helpful where you know it would save different versions of your shortcuts so that you could revert back to them if you wanted to kind of like time machine does but i would really like you know to be able to find out when was this shortcut last run and what was the output of the shortcut how often have i run this shortcut when did i create this shortcut um, and I would love these to be accessible to shortcuts, like all of these little tidbits, because then I could find which shortcuts I use the most frequently, shortcuts that I've used in the last month or shortcuts I haven't used in the last month um, and all of that sort of thing. Um, and that would be great because, I mean, I have 954 shortcuts. I 
would hazard a guess that I probably only use a hundred of them. Yeah. But I have no idea which 100 they are. Yeah. Um, so, you know, at the moment I'm, I'm just sort of sitting around waiting, trying to figure it, all this out. And I've, I've tried some things using data jar and other things to, you know, to lock this info, but I, I'm then having to build it into every single shortcut and yeah, I'm not particularly happy with that. So. Yeah, I, I want the dust to settle this year. I understand that app developers can put more power into the shortcut. I want to see what happens. Um, I feel like Apple has done a good job with shortcuts of making simple shortcuts that do simple things like, you know, at 10 o'clock, change my watch face. I would like to see them expand towards the upper end to the power user end. And I believe they can do that without compromising the lower end, the simple end. Mm-hmm. And like, I would like to see better UI elements. Like, I mean, let us be more like app developers and and build our shortcuts to look pretty, you know. And and I know there's third-party apps that kind of help with that, but it really needs to come from Apple. And um, I, I would just like to be, see it become, I'd like to see them go even further. And yes, I don't think it happens overnight. I actually think that I have a lot of respect for all the work the Shortcuts team has done. I think that in a company like Apple, when you look how far they've come in just a couple of years, I'm actually really impressed. Oh yeah, me too. And if you listen to me, I seem to whine a lot, but it's because they've done such a good job. I just keep wanting more. <laughs> yeah, me too. Definitely. And I, I'm, I'm genuinely really impressed at everything the Shortcuts developers have put out, you know, both back when it was Workflow and then, you know, after they moved to Apple and all of this stuff, you know, last year they barely got any screen time in WWDC. There were just a few sort of footnotes almost and you know we got automations that's incredible and this year we've got even more powerful automations because they're automatic automations as you call them david so i'm i'm really pleased to see all of that stuff all right now i went in uh, this most recent episode of mac power users steve and i went into great length into our ios home screens and you know how we're implementing widgets i have to know how rosemary orchard is doing it so okay what what have you done rose okay so to start with, uh, there was a feature I discovered very recently where if you tap and hold on your home screen to edit it and then tap on the pages indicator, you can hide pages. So to start with, I did that and I now have a travel page where I have um, some some travel related widgets um, and all the travel apps. So that's that's what I did there. So you can hide pages with widgets on them. So you only see exactly. those when you travel. Smart. Yeah, exactly. So I can just unhide it, which is great. Um, so actually, the travel page would be the second page on my iPhone, only most of the time I'm not traveling. But when I am traveling, I will need access to it. Um, and then on the home screen of my iPhone, I currently only have two widgets. I have a small widget in the top right, and then a medium widget immediately below that. So I've got four apps in the top left, widget top right, then widget covering two rows, and then two rows of apps, and then my dock. Top right, I have color widgets, Siri suggestions, because it's always interesting seeing what that throws up. Um, uh, pedometer plus plus, timery, music, and batteries. And then in the bigger widget, I have a carrot, specifically the snark widget, because who doesn't love a little bit of snark? Um, apparently some clouds up there are good clouds right now. Okay. Um, then I'm playing with launcher because I've got some hot buttons to message certain people. Yes, you're one of them, David. And a hot button to play uh, a specific very large playlist that I have. Um, then I have two shortcuts, widgets after another, uh, Fantastical, Dark Noise, 
and uh, drafts. Okay, so are the shortcut widgets the medium or the large ones? The medium ones. Okay. So I've only got four in there, uh, but I've got two sets of four, so I'm kind of cheating, but not much. Good. Well, you're you're loaded. You you okay if uh, we share some of the the pictures with the? Um, yeah, yeah. Shows? I will uh, take a screenshot. Um, the problem is taking a, a screenshot of uh, you know, everything that's you know actually in the stack. Wait, if I edit the stack, I could take a screenshot of that and and show people uh, what's in what's in the stack. Yeah. So. so I've done, and I'll I'll share mine as well here, but it's also over on Mac Power Users. But I uh. On the home screen, I have the large uh, Fantastical uh, view that has both the, the the calendar month and then the upcoming appointments on it. And then below that, the medium size widget for shortcuts with those big four that I talked about during the show. So I don't have any apps on my home screen except in the dock at this point. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I would I would try that, but I'm not 100% sure about it yet. Yeah, and then I just flip over to App Switcher on the next screen. So I've really kind of gone all in with this. So I'll be curious to see where I'm at six months, but I'm pretty happy with it as it is. Yeah, I've I've been experimenting a little bit with some other apps. Uh, Widget Smith, uh, definitely one of them. Uh, that's that's on my second screen um, yeah. right now. Um, but there's also Color Widgets and uh, Widget Pack. And Widget Pack is particularly interesting to Automator's listeners because it's it's updated via shortcuts. Um, so for example, I have NASA photo of the day, um, and it, uh, sorry, and, uh, and it does that through shortcuts, uh, where it gets the astronomy photo of the day for you. Um, and you know, like countdowns to things and it can do a shortcuts grid of nine shortcuts, um, in that space, which I'm still considering. I, I kind of like the idea, but I'm not a hundred percent sold on it yet. Um, where, uh, you can. You can do all of that. Um, and I'm finding it really interesting. I want to see what uh, new apps we get this year with iOS 14 from developers making stuff for shortcuts. Yeah, there's just, it's like an explosion of widget apps right now. And like yes. between now and the time we record this, the next show, there'll probably be 10 more. Yeah, it's like. At least. And it'll be fun, or 10 more contenders, you know, but it'll be fun to see how all this plays out. But it, and it's also cool to see that like, non you know power users are getting into these widgets and you know using them to decorate their home screens and do all this cool stuff so i'm I'm looking forward to see how this all plays out me too all right that does it for this episode um if you are using the new shortcuts in fun and interesting ways you should probably go over to the automators forums over at automators or was it talk.automators.fm yep uh you can find our show over at relay.fm slash automators. And you can find the, sh- the show's website at automators.fm. We want to thank our sponsors for today, The IntraZone by Microsoft SharePoint, Mint Mobile, and SideQuest. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>